Welcome, everyone, to the Suit Up Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Adkins. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, before we get started, I always like to say, you know, it would be a great honor if you would subscribe and like the channel. That way that we can keep producing excellent content for you. Uh, so that's real simple to do. Doesn't cost you anything but a little bit of time to hit that like and subscribe button. So today I have the great pleasure uh, having one of my great friends with me, Mr. Ryan Asia. How you doing, buddy? Doing well. Thank you. Good to see you, my friend. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about what you do, and then we're going to deep dive into some good stuff today. Man, I don't usually talk about myself. So <laughs> well, today's the day, brother. Let's see. I'm a artist, designer, photographer, videographer, all around creative uh director creative you know consultant um yeah so i do a lot of things and, and what's the official title with rva fashion week um former executive director but now creative director creative director that's a great role for you too brother yes absolutely it was absolutely. it was a long time in the making oh yeah yeah <laughs> uh, and as i say I, ryan and i go way back we've known each other for quite some time yes we've had a lot of good uh coffee table discussions Discuss on everything, mm -hmm. right? Right. It's been a wide variety of business, fashion stuff, you know, how how each of us are growing individually, right. supporting one another. Right. It's been a lot. We've had a really good friendship, haven't we, bud? Absolutely. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So one of the things that I wanted to get into is like how we met. Okay. Do you, do you remember that? I do. You got to fill me in because I'm I'm a little fuzzy, so I need <laughs> I need you to like give me that again, so then all of a sudden I can oh that's right. So. Okay, so when was it? I think post COVID. Yeah, of course. Yeah, pre COVID. Yes. Let me let me take yeah pre COVID. Yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Um, I was basically a designer. I was filling in for a designer. And uh, I think you were with a certain brand at one time, so you couldn't really model for other brands. That's right. So I remember that now. It okay. just so happened that I'm a I do streetwear as well, so there was a no conflict of interest for you. Not at all. Not at so all. So you walked for me. That's right. One of my designs. That's right. And uh, you modeled it well. And then Appreciate I think at that. that point we just we just. Hit it off. And oh yeah, talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I, I thought the designs were really, really cool and unique. Um, you you have an awesome eye when it comes yeah. to design, and I do remember that now. It was kind of a, uh, you know, you were in season, out of season, whatever mm -hmm. they needed at the moment, and and you put the designs together and had it ready to rock yeah. and roll, and uh, it was a great show. It was a great yeah. show. Yeah, that was. Gosh, I'm trying to remember. Was that? Four years ago, maybe three, four years ago. About yeah. three, four years. Yeah, maybe, yeah, right? yeah, for sure, for sure. A lot of that stuff, you know, it was during that time. Social commentary, as my, you know, design and <laughs> right, 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 right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, as a all of these things that you listed that you that you do, naturally that makes you an entrepreneur. Yes. So, as a fellow entrepreneur, you know that was one of the things that we really. Uh, clicked over. Yep. Because if you're anything like me, which I think you are, unless you have like 10 things going on at one time, you feel like something's off. You're right. Right? I'm, if I'm not stressed out. <laughs> if I'm not stressed out. Man. If I'm not stressed out, something's wrong. But it's a good stress. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. What yep. What are some of the, you know, the current passions that you have that you're really focusing on uh, currently? I know that you listed some of them, but you know, some of them may be at, at the top of the list more yeah. than others. Uh, art. One thousand percent. Yeah, art is probably the biggest thing. I mean, art's kind of what got me into design, what got me into the photography and everything. But I think because of the photography, 
it has taken away from the art. Oh, okay. Because people are deferring me as a photographer when I'm, that just happened to be a byproduct of the art. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. the art is the passion, but. What type of art? Multimedia. Okay. Everything. Okay. Um, it kind of started, I was kind of just like messing around on magazine images, things like that. Yeah. And then I just thought to myself, maybe there's a copyright issue going on here. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I got a lot of good looking friends. So let me just start taking their pictures and then appropriating my own images into artwork. Yeah. yeah. So do you feel like that it's therapeutic to you? D the artwork? Yeah. Actually, it's funny you say that because insomnia is a big thing with entrepreneurs. <laughs> I don't know if it's a thing. I think it's just one of those you just... Anxiety. The mind is always yeah. going. So one of my like artwork has to deal with like repetitive images and things like that or repetitive sh like strokes, yeah. whether it's like brush strokes or pen strokes or whatever. And then that in itself is therapeutic. So I was originally doing these like nonstop patterns over and over again, you know, and then that's what intentionally. Doing yeah. It? Okay. Mm -hmm. Because it was calming enough for you to just be like, this is bored. I'm finally falling asleep. Gotcha. But then it kind of turned into these like little mazes within an image. So those are some of my favorite. Yeah. yeah. I haven't really like put too much out, but I think I might be doing an exhibition very soon in regards to that. Awesome. Well, so. we'll definitely have the, you know, yeah. my audience will keep the details up on something like that because yeah. I enjoyed it and I thought it was amazing. Yep. So in a way it was therapeutic. Uh, it was almost, you know, filling a need, but you were, it was a passion as well. Right. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, so now that you are saying more of artistry is where your main, you know, you said a thousand percent, mm -hmm. right? Where are you finding your inspirations? Everywhere. I would definitely say I find inspiration in uninspiring things. <laughs> elaborate. <laughs> elaborate. What do you mean? Well, I have some very, I have some friends who are just, you know, they're just very, they, they, they feed off of whatever the public tells them. They okay. haven't really formed their own opinion on certain things. You know what I mean? Easily persuaded? Easily persuaded, you know, easily, you know. I wouldn't say gullible, but it's just like they don't do their due diligence in a way. Okay. And those are some of my most inspiring friends. Wow. Believe it or not. Because they'll do things, and I'm like, why would you do that? And then I think about them like, oh, that's trending. And then, you Turn know, it into art? Yeah. I don't know. It's just like even social media, you know, well, it's like you see these yeah. things that happened over and over again. And what's interesting is it becomes mundane, but because a certain person did it differently, okay. it's all of a sudden interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Even, even just a normal everyday thing mm -hmm. that's mundane, but somebody puts a little bit of a twist yeah. on it, it becomes viral or it's yeah. the new sensation. Like you could go to a Starbucks and order a cafe latte and every person is going to make it different. Good but point. that's a very uninspiring drink, if you think about it. Very much, it's very plain Jane. But yeah, one day you might get one because the stars aligned. It was the right person who made it. I, I've had that happen. I'm like, man, this is amazing today. Mm -hmm. Maybe the machine was clean. <laughs> <laughs> the machine was clean. Yeah. Oh, man, bro. That's so, hilarious. Yeah, so yeah, I do find inspiration in everything, but I especially find it in the mundane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. Do you feel like that, you know, you being so focused on your artistry and your artwork, has that 
translated into your photography? Do you feel like that you're doing the same type of artistry work within your photography? Yes. If that's possible. So actually, when I first started doing photography, I was so behind because it wasn't what I was wanting to do, you know? Did it suck you in? Yeah, it sucked me in big time. By other people? I'm drowning in photography right, right? now. Right, really? Like, it's actually very stressful. <laughs> but when I first started doing photography, you know, originally it was, I had a business partner and he would take my images for me. I mm -hmm. would design clothes and stuff like that, create an ad campaign, he would take the images. But then when I moved to Richmond, I didn't have him anymore. Right. So I just got some cheap camera off of Facebook Marketplace. Right. Um, and just started taking pictures. But what happened was, I guess the pictures came out well enough for people to believe I was a photographer. Wow. So I was like, all right, now I got to live up to this hype. So I just started taking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds to thousands of pictures, wow. the tens of thousands. I can verify that because my Lightroom is, is jam-packed right now. And uh, Do you like the old school cameras as well? Yeah. Other than digital? Yeah. But digital... So this kind of goes back and why I like digital is because I think at one point someone asked me what my style of photography was. I was going to ask you that. And we all know like, well, you and I know that sure. we do black and white yeah. because of my eye issues. Right, right, right. But whenever anyone would ask me, I would say it's speed. Speed is my style okay. because mentally I had to catch up to all these other photographers who've been doing this for years. I like how you said speed is your style. Do you feel like that you like to catch in the moment? Right, and catch not, in the moment, but also I had pre-planned the way my shots were going to go. Oh, like okay. I always knew this certain look would always go. So even if I was like having a bad day or an off day, I would make sure I captured a certain set of images where... Are they your go-tos? Yeah, the go-tos. I got you. So that was the foundation of everything. And then from there, once I got those shots, I could experiment. Yeah. So you are able to kind of use your artistry a little bit right. within your photography. Mm -hmm. um, but then I would take those images and then later turn them into art. See? So yeah. you get the twofold. You get right. to take the image and right. do it however you right. want. Well, is there a particular um, – um, do, you, do you work with natural light a lot or do you do more you know, natural lighting or, or stage lighting? What, um, what is your preference? Natural light for sure. Okay. But not – so that goes back to like when I first started it, everyone was shooting in the golden hour. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be like everybody. So I started shooting in the worst possible lighting, noon, one, two o'clock, rainy conditions. And I was always late for the, for the golden hour. <laughs> so I just started shooting in the blue hour and I started shooting at night. So I think it is natural light that I like to shoot with, but yeah. not in the standard times. I like that. So Well, uh, because of doing all of this photography and artistry, do you travel a lot? Yes. So talk about your travels. Like, why are you traveling so much? What is it you're doing in your travels? <laughs> so usually I just want to get out of town. Like, I would go places like, for example, Atlanta. This was the most recent trip. Um, I went to Atlanta just to really go on a soda binge. Okay. I'm addicted to soda. All right. Put Sorry. it out there. Hey, <laughs> it is what it is, man. So I went to go out there because, you know, Coca-Cola was invented. In of course. Atlanta, but they have like knee-high peach drinks, you know, stuff to soak. So my goal was to go out there and just kind of have a 
eat a drink a lot of soda and eat a lot of like southern food. A, a taste testing journey yeah. mm-hmm. right <laughs> see but here's the funny thing like you go to atlanta you eat those those foods right yeah soda is so good with it because the acid breaks down the fat anyways that's a different story I but got i got you though so i went to atlanta i kind of made a post on instagram stating i'm in atlanta for one day who wants to shoot and i was literally just looking for one person to just shoot be a tour guide and just kind of whatever right, right right i don't know if something something happened and it got in touch with select model management who's like the third largest model yes agency in the world definitely know them so i got in with them and they just asked me some questions and i just kind of sent them an email basically answering questions or whatever and i think in the email i accidentally said something where i was like yeah i've shot up to 30 models or whatever so they jam-packed me with 30 models for like two days so So your one-day trip yeah it became a work trip right yeah so and then from there, you know, you kind of build a reputation of trust with them. Mm-hmm. And so now they just start sending you out places or you go places and you can kind of just reach out to these agencies and things like that. You've kind of done it once. It makes it easier to yeah. do it kind of mm-hmm. the second time. Yeah. So that that kind of segues into, you know, as you're uh, developing your personal brand and and the fact that you're this high profile photographer, <laughs> but you were, you were legally blind. So right. let's talk about that. How, that is the most amazing thing to think about. Like, I love your work. And, and some of the times that we did photo shoots together or shortly before was in the worst of times where you really couldn't see. Yeah, I couldn't see anything. But your work was like, you knew exactly what yeah. you were doing. So I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> so before I moved to Richmond, I had contracted cataracts, right? So I ended up like getting a surgery or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. It was very, you know, life changing for of me. Of course, because right? you're going under the knife. You're going under the knife, yeah. Eyes? It's your eyes, right? Right. So I think when I started getting secondary cataracts, I didn't have health insurance. I was just kinda going through the motions. Winging it. Yeah. You know, I started a, this new career as a creative. Gave up my accounting job, you know, in D.C. and came here and was just like, oh, my gosh. Bookmark that. That goes to show all the things that you have to take a risk with yeah. in order to branch out mm-hmm. as that creative or entrepreneur. Yeah. It's not, uh, what is it, unicorns and rainbows all the yeah. time. Mm-mm. Right? All right. So yeah. go ahead. So, go yeah, ahead. I quit my safety net, which is a job that I hated, you know, moved into a place where I really, you know, was kind of just brand new. Losing my eyesight, lying to everybody, no health. Like, I was really, like, taking a big gamble. Yeah. And I had, you know, I saved enough money to live for off of, like, two years. Like, right. I was living the dream. I didn't. So my biggest thing was I didn't I didn't tone down my lifestyle one bit. I was still traveling. I was doing whatever I wanted. Eating, no job. No job. But I got this. <laughs> no job, no nothing. But, yeah, so it wasn't until, like, you know, I started getting like having a really, really hard time seeing. Yeah. So I was like, oh man, this is not good, you know? But at that point in time, I had splurged away a lot. So I was like, mm. Now I got to get to work. Yeah. Let me kind of just like take it seriously in sure. a way. And so I basically was had like 2150, one eye, 2200, and another eye. And everything was just blurry. And it wasn't until like, I was driving home from Fredericksburg on a, on one shoot and it started raining. And I think at that time, like it was so hard to see. 
And but I made it home safely, thank God. Yeah. And then I was just like, okay, I can no longer drive at night first and foremost. And I was like, I'm gonna kill somebody or I'm gonna kill myself. So I, I was like, that's like the <laughs> that's like the eighty uh, five year old lifestyle of I can't drive at night anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No offense to eighty five year olds yeah. out there, but in reality, you get to that point of I can't drive at night for yeah. safety reasons, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, and you're a young guy. Yeah. That's why, and I contracted off of uh, prednisone. Okay. Taking too much of it. Got it. So from like allergies. So be careful. Touché. Read read those warning labels. Yes. Yeah. The fine print. Yeah. The when we print. we watch those like commercials with like, you know, side effects caused. Sure. 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 Yeah. yeah. Take it for take it take, for real. Take it for real. Yeah. Right. Don't be happy with that whole like, you know image of joy and people <laughs> right they're running around throwing yeah. balls and having that's a temporary yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the long-term effects yeah. yeah so so you realized you know you drove back from fredericksburg yeah and doing the rain mm-hmm. so what was what was your next and so i think at that point i was just like okay i need to get these eyes fixed yeah but you know i had to save money so i was hustling everything just to you know pay for these this sure. next surgery sure, sure, but sure. as you know you were you were clicking the photos right yeah you i was just, clicking it non-stop like i was taking man you were hustling there for a I while was it was like hard to even get you on the phone yeah. because you were mm-hmm. traveling and model photography but the yeah. con- i mean the content you were putting out man, yeah i just and i was like if you couldn't afford my price i was like what do you have 20 bucks i'll take it yeah <laughs> but you know that kind of leads into like how the photography is because I got that camera. I had learned it so well mm-hmm. that this was that one you said you just yeah. went and got one. Mm-hmm. So you, you dived into it and you yeah. knew it backwards and forwards. Yeah. You can, because right. I felt like, you know, when I was my, my business partner, he, you know, he know, well, we challenge each other a lot. So when he was, when I was taking pictures, I felt like I needed his approval. I felt like I needed approval from, everyone on social media because I didn't know any better. Got it. You know, so I did my best to really learn this camera, to really like study and things like that. But in actuality, a lot of it is already innate because of art. Yeah. You know, I wasn't... You have the eye for it. Yeah, I wasn't taking... Even if you really couldn't see it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So I wasn't taking pictures based off of like... I was taking pictures based off of like paintings and things that I used to see. Sure. You know, so yeah, I learned a camera really well that... I could do. I could just maneuver through it. So, I had to stay with that ecosystem. Point and click, right? Right. Just point and click. Mm-hmm. I had to stay with that ecosystem. You know, with uh, understood that camera brand, and I just knew if I could get you in the center, I had a chance to take a good shot. Man, that is amazing to have yeah. to live that life. Yeah, and then and then because of the you know the whole like not seeing anything. I tried to do color and it was just impossible for me. So that's why most of the pictures are in black and white. And now you're known so much. Yeah, for, for black and white. For your yeah. black and white. Yeah. Like if there's if someone said black and white, it's Ryan. Yeah. You gotta go Ryan. Yeah. It's it's really, really cool how something just that totally off the cuff of saying, Yeah, the blind photographer, mm-hmm. but the work that you put out is just unbelievable. Yeah. And I never say anything for like good two years. <laughs> I knew in passing. You told me on the side passing, and I was like, "Man, you!" I, I didn't believe you. I thought you were pulling pulling our leg. It's like, man, whatever, man. I mean, yeah, and I always, you know, when you saw me, I always had someone near me, yeah. and I would always be like, "Hey, can you read this for me?" Like they kind of were like helping me, seeing eye person. I mean, in case I couldn't drive, it's after the fact. Now you look back, and you're like, 
Yeah. Now I see it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I had asked them, you know, was, you know, these were people close to me. I'm of like, course. hey, can you yeah, help yeah, yeah. me? Inner circle people. Inner yeah. Circle. Mm-hmm. Do you now now that you can see better, obviously, right. you know, you're on this side of it. Um, has your style changed? Or are you still within that ecosystem? Oh, cameras changed? No. Okay. I've played around with a lot of cameras, you know, but uh, they're on sale for eBay if you just look it up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, the style is still black and white. Like even when I, even let's, let's say we were just to do a shoot right now, mm-hmm. I will turn it black and white before, just to see it better. Okay. And then if I want to color grade it, I'll do it. Yeah. But it will always be black and white first, no matter what. I love that. I yeah. love that. And that's, to me, uh, you know, I wouldn't think a photographer would be that way. Yeah. But you've always kind of liked to go against the grain anyway. Yeah. That, that's a creative, right? Yep. yep. We, want to, we want to do something totally, totally different. Yeah. How as, you know, so you're being an entrepreneur and you've had your hands in multiple pots, how has that journey of entrepreneurship, because you did have a safety net for a while, mm-hmm. you were in corporate America. great safety net. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> but now that you're on this side of it and you're an entrepreneur, how has that changed you? Or has it changed you at all? Being, I'll tell you this. Like, I feel like I've been an entrepreneur all my life. Okay. I mean, down to like high school, like when I'm hustling candy. Right. You know? I mean, even when kids would pencil fight, I would try to sell a pencil and say, this is the best pencil for pencil fighting. Like, I just, it was all sorts of stuff, yeah. you know? And then hustling did get me go down a wrong path. But it was never, it was always about the game of like, seeing what I could do. The hunt. Yes. Mm-hmm. So so you've had that yeah. all along. Right. But it wasn't activated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even like, you know, you as entrepreneur, like I would make a lot of money, but I would blow it the next day because I, as a young guy, healthy, Been you always day. feel like you're promised tomorrow. Or I'll make it back tomorrow. Yeah. If I could do this once, I could do it twice. Oh, man. Right. So it wasn't until like, you know, I think this third time around where I'm just like, I'm not doing it for myself, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of like help people. Yeah. Like build their brand, do, do other things. But uh, yeah. So do you think that it's changed you in a way of now you're more empathetic to others? Right. And, and realizing, you know, now that, you know, I look at a lot of what I do, um, you know, I got involved because I wanted to show what was possible. Yeah. And then now as our platforms get bigger, now I feel like, who can I bring along with me? Right. Within mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah. realm of whatever it is. And you can't help everybody. No, no. Yeah. And, and nor do we want yeah. to. But we at least want to set an example yeah. or be there for each mm-hmm. other and our creatives for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Excited to bring one of our sponsors to you today, Two Roads Had Company. Two Roads Hat Company has been an amazing company to work with. It is one of the companies that Silver Fox Squad uses, and we call it the perfect brim. They have a great versatility of looks in straw and in felt. I absolutely love Two Roads. It's a small business, which we love to promote, and it's made here in America. So this is a great opportunity for you to go to TwoRoadsHatsCompany.com and pick up one of your new perfect brims. All right, guys, today's show was sponsored by my very own company, uh, Fox Edge Grooming Products. So we have a whole line of men's grooming products that I personally use and personally helped kind of formulate and come up with the idea and concept. 
We use all natural ingredients. And believe you me, the whole line smells fantastic. I love it. Uh, anybody that ever smelled it says, wow, this stuff smells great. So if you want to get your own Fox Edge hair care or beard line products, you can go to my website, which is www.stevenadkins.us. And of course, the link will be in the description below. So looking forward to seeing you guys with the Fox Edge. So now we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Fashion Week. Right. So this is this is like <laughs> the big thing for us, man. Like I, I get being a creative and I get being entrepreneurs, but boy, we get juiced up when it's time for yeah. our, our spring and fall fashion week. Yep. So the the first question I like to always ask, you know, you know, and you said a little bit before, but I want to drill down a little more, you know, how did you personally get involved with Fashion Week? And, you know, as you've grown through the ranks as well, you started as a designer. Yep. And how did you make the connection? How did you get involved with the designing aspect of Fashion Week? Like, did you reach out to Jimmy? or where, How did you meet? What, how did all that start? So about eight years ago. Yeah, it's been a long time. I was a jewelry designer. Okay. Bef I did jewelry and then I did streetwear. Yeah. At the time. So eight years ago, I didn't, I wasn't really trying to be like part of the show. My whole goal was to go to the show and kind of piggyback my jewelry Okay. Of other things like for example like this little lapel here this. yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> so but when i got there you know i had to show my wares and things to the um fashion director at that time yeah but what i showed her was designs of the streetwear and how it was styled and i guess she liked that more but it was, the jewelry part yeah mm -hmm. okay so it was kind of like a hodgepodge thing she was like oh do you design for men i said Actually, and I didn't at the time, so I was just like, "But that's not what you said." That's not what I said. I said, "Yeah, of course, of course, right? Figure it out later." <laughs> so yeah, and so that's how it started. I I didn't, you know, I didn't ask Jimmy for any favorite. I went through the motions with everything. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, even did you though, know him prior to that? I did know him prior okay. to that. So you, I'm gonna pause you for a moment mm -hmm. there. I like that you didn't pull on personal relationships absolutely not you went through the motion just like everybody else. right that's that's a testament because i think at that time you know jimmy was he was building a name and for himself here in richmond i had a small little restaurant in dc mm -hmm. and everyone would come there after hours and hang out right till like four in the morning on the weekends after the clubs and um yeah i think at that point you know he was just like yeah try out for rva fashion Week. i was like all right cool so I just did. I didn't tell him. <laughs> right, right. I just went through the motions, like learned a lot, you yeah. know, didn't ask favors for nobody. Just like, let's just see, like, is sure. this worthy of it being here? Like, do I belong here? Yeah. Because, you know, I didn't learn anything about imposter syndrome until recently. So it was one of those moments where it's just like, let's see. Let's see what other right. curators feel about this work. Absolutely. And yeah, it was using your peers to kind of judge mm -hmm. one way or the yeah. other. I get it. And they were my peers. I didn't know any of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, you were like greenhorn. Mm -hmm. You didn't have any. Yeah. Other than the fact that you knew Jimmy, you were yeah. like, I'm going to go into this all in. Right. And you didn't know the outcome. You really didn't know if you were I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I went through like the whole, you know, process of getting accepted, then a process of fitting, and then the actual show day. It was actually nerve wracking. But um, yeah, you learn a lot from that, and I imagine. Uh, it was fun. So 
with doing that and going through the process, you did the show, you right. in, and then so how did you continue on? Did you want to continue with the relationship with Fashion Week, or what was? Oh yeah. So the next following year, um, I became a sponsor um, on some of the stuff, and then I think like I took like a small hiatus, and then when I moved back to Richmond. Mm-hmm. You know, it was still a passion for me. Like, I love designing, yeah. right? So I said yeah. to him, I said, hey, let me help you in any way possible, you okay. know? So he was like, all right. So he created a specific role for me as a brand strategist. Okay. And uh, from there, we kind of, I wouldn't say manipulate, because that sounds devious. <laughs> <laughs> we strategized. You were brainstorming and yeah. trying to come up with the, <laughs> with the strategy. Was this yeah. at the point of... We want to change the direction of Fashion Week? Yes. Okay. We changed the direction, changed the whole, like, um, basically, I guess, the mentality of it. Yes. But keeping in mind community first, Richmond first. Yes, yes. You know, mm-hmm. always showcase and highlight the talent that's in and around Richmond. Which we have a lot. Yeah. We? Oh, yeah. This place is amazing. Like, I... Mm, I'm a fan of this town. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was born and raised here, so I mm-hmm. naturally, but being involved with fashion, right. you see so many different ones and you're like, you've been here all along? Like, yeah. Really? Like, mm-hmm. where have you been? Like in the model calls. Right. Some of the models that I'm seeing, I'm like, where have you been? Yeah. So it's amazing. You're, you're right. There's tons, there's tons in Richmond. So go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, when I spoke to him about it, you know, he, and we kind of just worked on this strategy and then all of a sudden, you know, it was working. Yeah. You know, we followed more of how New York was doing it, London, Milan, Paris type deal. And then, you know, wasn't until recently where I'm thinking to myself, Richmond can be, is never going to be the top four, top five, right? Right, right, right. Let's just be like. Well, you know, size of the yeah. city, demographic. Mm-hmm. I get yeah. all that. History. Like, we're talking about places that have Paris, right. centuries worth of history and fashion. They're like, older than our country, right? Exactly. I mean, so, you know, and then, um, so my thing was, it's just like to be big enough and to be respected enough east of Atlanta, north of Miami, and south of New York. Right. If we have that little triangle yeah. and create our own ecosystem, they can pull from here. You've been working on this for... An extended period of time. Yeah. It took some time. Yeah. Yeah. Very strategically. Yes. Um, your your roles changed. Right. So from that point, you took on the new role. Of executive director. Yep. So what were you doing then? Really changing the way things were run in the back. Really focusing on a lot of PR, focusing on marketing things like that. And of course, building a team. I was getting ready to ask you, like you you were (laughs) responsible. And this is one of the things, like you said, you know, you had like this two year vision and you've been, been strategizing and working of moving pieces on a chessboard. Mm -hmm. I think you'd use that reference in the past of finding individuals that kind of fit a certain way or gel together. Cause we all know sometimes when you assemble a team that if there's no synergy within the team or yep. there's too many chiefs, not enough Indians, mm-hmm. they're all different personalities and they don't all necessarily yeah. jive. It comes out somewhere in either the show or just the way it's right. done. You know, and, and I don't know one fashion show that's not chaotic. In oh, the man. It, but that's the best part. Bro. Yeah. I mean, controlled chaos. Yes. But what's displayed to the public is organized chaos. <laughs> totally. 
refined. But, yeah. It looks like it's been put together. Mm-hmm. But the team that you assembled, we yeah, all are pitching in. Yeah, the team was very unique because my biggest thing was not to just have someone who just wanted to use RVA Fashion Week as clout. Like, oh, I work for RVA Fashion Week, but I don't really do anything. You know what I mean? Uh, totally. So They wouldn't last long. Yeah. I mean, it was just the pressure alone, you know, you could easily expose yourself yes. for your weaknesses. Yes. And and that's in any, like, high-paced industry like that. But, you know, when building this team, assembling this team, you know, and, and nothing's ever permanent, you know, but at, at, at this, at least the point is if, like, you build a team or whatever, you want to make sure that that person who's, you know, has that job has vested interest in it. Yes. So it's kind of like. You don't want to just give it to anybody. Yeah. And they'll say they'll do it just to do it. Right. Then they start regretting it. Then they don't have passion for it. Right. And three other people are pulling their weight and one's not. It's it's always that disconnect. It's just simple math. Like you have two people. One's doing 100% of the work. The other's doing 50. 150 divided by two is a 75% efficiency rate, right? Right. So, you know, when I asked you to come on board, it was a, it was kind of a no-brainer to be a model coordinator. You have good rapport with the models, you know. You have experience in it. Yeah. It, it was only it, a natural transition. And, like, and it was really exciting when you asked about that because I felt like I was right at the point in time that it would be a good fit. Yeah. You know, I had just come off of, I think on average, I've done maybe 30 different, you know, runways mm-hmm. and and started at, you know, the ground zero, yeah. just like you didn't ask for favors, just right. went through the motions, mm-hmm. learned everything about it, perfected my craft, yep. you know, as a male model. And I'm not a young male model. I was yeah. a middle-aged model, but I wanted to, again, show... You can do it. You can do it and yeah. absolutely slay it. Yeah. And I was able to build a good rapport with all the models, mm-hmm. young and old. Right. And what's kind of interesting is even when I was modeling a lot of times through fashion, especially in Richmond, they would always be coming to me and asking me, you know, naturally. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if they probably looked at me as a father figure type thing, which I appreciate. But at the sense, like, no, I'm more like your uncle. Let's put some it that way. Some type of mentorship. Like, exactly. Can you give me some gems? Yes. Can you can you help me with mm-hmm. this or help me with that? Or what was your past experience? Right. So at that point in time, when you asked, I was like, man, this would, I, I would actually really like to yeah. do that. So and It was very strategic on yeah. my end to ask you that. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and, that, and that's what I appreciate is that you had been strategizing all along yeah. in assembling the, the team for yeah. Fashion Week. And, you know, when I talk about vested interests, like, it was a situation where your, your, your name is now on the line as a model coordinator. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Is like, are you Stephen Atkins with, you know, the social media following? Or are you just Stephen Atkins? Right. Right. It, it's it's you're attaching yourself to something that you're representing a bigger brand. Or, right. you know, your name and your face is going to be plastered all right. over the website. And mm-hmm. then when the things happen, people are going to be calling calling upon you. Or you're going to be there and they're looking into you to perform your duties. And, yeah. You know, they're calling on you to do your duties yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's, it's time. You got to perform. Mm-hmm. And if you don't... Yeah, and it, and as you know, the team is not is not micromanaged. Not at all. At all. You know, Jimmy, that need to be. Yeah. So and that was also strategic. Strategic because yeah. Jimmy doesn't have time to do that. No. no he doesn't. <laughs> Nor do you. No. Yeah. So, you know, I guess going into that, you know, once these once the team was set up, that's when I stepped down from executive director. Because now we have a leadership team, a director team, you know, 
a board, a modeling board. So no one will ever take a full blunt of the public or anything. Like this is like a team team for for once. I love it because yeah. nobody can nobody has all the responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and we're all working together. Yeah. And you're right. It's like one fifth of this for some one person yeah. because there's four other players involved. Yeah. And there's all and within the and within the group, you know, there's always a devil's advocate. There's always, you know, person who's not sure. There's a person who's adamant. You know, but but it balances. It balances, yeah. The law of averages balances. I get it. I get it. <laughs> That's really really cool. So you step down from executive uh, director, yeah, and then you took on the the new role of creative director. So really, now what do you feel like that you get to focus your time and efforts? On? Oh, so with creative director, I get to work with all the departments. And that's fun to me. Like, I yeah. can work with Chanel, Brittany, you know, their departments. I could work with Michael in the media, work with Kristen in the logistics, you and the spokesperson, mm-hmm. you know, everyone else in the modeling. And then Jimmy, you know, yeah. kind of yeah. give him my two cents. And it's, it. it's really neat because you've taken some of the key leadership roles within these departments right. and created the model board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now each of us are, you know, still... So modeling, the modeling thing is is a unique situation because you know we're we're in a position we're in a place of like body positivity and very much so you know all sorts of like ages demographics ages yeah all of it so things have to be taken into consideration across the board so it's good to have a modeling board to kind of just you know not one leaning towards one type right no type of favoritism no type yeah. of you know or someone bugging you to death because mm-hmm. they feel like you're the final decision maker yeah. on it mm-hmm. man you think how many dms i've had over that stuff i'm sure yeah exactly <laughs> i know stephen atkins <laughs> yeah you know me but can you walk <laughs> <laughs> and you know sometimes you just because you walked well past couple of years you know and one day you just walk the same and then someone walks better than you that can come on man yeah i'll tell you what like and that's another great thing look at the growth that we're having yeah at these model calls yeah i i was talking with some i don't know if it was heather or somebody she was kind of updating me what what are our updated numbers that we had people that were auditioning for that i don't know off the top of my head ballpark it, it it's been a good amount wasn't it well the sign-ins like exponentially went three times like we would initially like start off with like two to three hundred you know all local yeah but now that the brand is growing and the team is involved you know i'm from the dc area Mm -hmm. you know you have some people who are you know from 757 yeah 757 central virginia uh north carolina now like i would get calls from people in south carolina saying hey you know love it can we can we walk or whatever can I you think, get here and audition? Yeah, like last season we had a troop come down from Michigan. Yeah, I remember something that. Like I remember Detroit, that. Yeah. So, so that's a testament to we're really building an mm-hmm. awesome brand. Yeah. And that was the whole you know point all along. Right. But you know, I I, I think the something Jimmy had sent out it was like twelve hundred people. It, yeah. It, mm-hmm. You know, and that's amazing. Yeah. Because it wasn't always that way. Wasn't always that way. No. It was a few here, a few there. And even those, you know, who applied or didn't show up for the call, that's fine. At least we're on their radar. They know. They know. Or they're having the FOMO because mm-hmm. they'll be sending messages, oh, I couldn't make yeah, it. Yeah, right. So, you know, hey, it's it's for everyone to try, but if yeah. you can't make it, that just means when the next time. And it's time- very, very competitive. Whew. 
because we can only pick maybe 80 to 120. And when you have 700 people apply? At least. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is, you need to have it tight and right. Mm -hmm. Like there's, you know, I, I, I wanted to elaborate a little bit on this because we're in the fashion week vein yeah. that, you know, for me personally, the time for training is not the time for auditioning. Right. You know, and with that many people that are coming and even there's some times where we would go through it and they'd have just a couple little things that mm -hmm. were off that could be, you know, trained through or adjusted. But that's we're like, that's not the time because yeah. there's two or three right behind you that are spot on. Yeah. And we've seen some new faces right. and some some unbelievable, you know, walks. And I'm like, man, this is it's getting really good, Ryan. Yeah. Really good. And I feel like. You know, at one point where it's just like, okay, you're done. Like, I feel like a lot of people felt, you know, rejected in a way. So I just want to like, you know, so I learned something recently. It's just like no one's ever really rejected. You just weren't selected. Correct. And, you know. How many times have I gone on model calls? I went to New York City yeah. and I talked about this on one of my previous podcasts. Mm -hmm. I didn't make the cut. Yeah. Do you think that just dev like what's wrong with me? Yeah. Right? Come on now. Yeah. It, it just it wasn't for that time or that particular mm -hmm. season. And here's another thing that's interesting. Just because you've walked for us or been with us for many, many years, the season may change. The designers may change yep. to where we have to make fresh faces or right. we may have to go in different directions. Yeah. Uh, and I, I appreciate the fact that we have created the board and we've had a little more separation because now it's not like, oh, because you know we have an extended long-term relationship that you're going to be an automatic. Right. You may have a leg up because we know you and we know what you can do, right. but that doesn't always mean you're going to get in. Yeah. And also, I think like a while ago, um, maybe it was like two, two years ago. I don't know. But anyways, like I felt like some of these models had an amazing look, even though they couldn't walk. You know, it was just they just oh, had to look. So I would try to, you know, set up a situation where we can use those models as print models. Sure. So they still had an opportunity to be a part of it. Yeah. You know, and so, we've had several discussions even when we're going through our calls. Yeah. Uh, that we'll look at it like mm, great, amazing look. And we have such high hopes. Right. Right. When they hit the runway, we're like, oh, I'll even say, like we've said, please be able to walk. Please <laughs> be able to walk. Yeah. And then it's just. Oh. It happens. It happens. It does. But that is giving others opportunities. Right. So we do have opportunities as Fashion Week that even if you do do it and you can't walk. Right. I love the idea of being able to use in print because yeah. some have, you know, beautiful faces mm -hmm. or their 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 persona and or it's a great look. Yeah. And it would, you know, print well. And that's something that I'm still kind of, like, working on in a way. Yeah. Just, like, I want to make sure, like, when the the, the designers, of right, course. have an opportunity to potentially get, you know, work with a model to have that model represent their brand or the photographers need, like, portfolio building. Of course. There could be a, there could be easily a trade. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Trade yeah. for portfolios and because you have have some. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like we have them in our in our you know kind of for lack of better words like our file folder of saying we could pull from. Right. Yeah. So it's great that we do have other opportunities yeah. you know for those. Uh, so now that you're you know creative director, uh, being able to work with so many of the team members, the the different directors within the teams, where do you see Fashion Week going now? Well, the goal is. Uh, 
I might get like heat for this, but I want to go for it, bro. Right now, this is my podcast. Let it out the bag. I'll take the heat. Remember, I was like saying I wanted it to be well known south of New York, east of you know, yeah, yeah, Atlanta, North right, Miami, right, right, right. Yeah, we. Got, I'm targeting the cities. Okay. First step, I want to be bigger. I want. We're never going to take down DC Fashion Week. Like, I think that's awesome. That's my hometown. The guy who runs it, he's a character. Like, and I mean, he's Been a, there, dyna- done that. I, he's a I, dynamic I, person. Of course. And he, he's got it pegged. Yeah. I walked for him in this fashion week. I, yeah. know, I went through the whole process. So that was like good experiential yeah. knowledge that I kind of banked. Yeah. And, and so, he's, he's got the brand name. He's never going to let that go. Oh, so we're never, we're never going to be bigger, like bigger than that. But I want to be good enough to where people are like, have you heard of Richmond Fashion Week? Mm-hmm. Charleston, South Carolina. That's another big fashion week. Philly, you know, all these places. I wanna, I wanna be up there, if not surpass them. Okay. Have you got a strategy in place? A little bit. All right, all right. It involves a lot of traveling. Okay. Oh, <laughs> there goes your traveling again. Yeah. Take your camera with you. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you'll all of a sudden you'll say I'm in so and so, and then you'll get. And that's kind of where social media has a big yeah. impact. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. a positive way. Yeah, 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 for sure. I, I definitely enjoy mm-hmm. the what social media, you, you, you get yeah. bad rap sometimes. Yeah. But the positives that can come from it, yep. you know, through social media, mm-hmm. I got involved with the Silver Fox Squad. Yeah. Do you think that was a good move? It's exactly. Move. Yeah. Exactly. So there's a lot of positive things that yeah. can come from it. And it all boils down to the person. Like you have to keep yourself in check. Naturally. Naturally. You know? and, and that's a great thing that within Fashion Week, we all have accountability to one another. Right. Because you are dealing with a lot of models and a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. changing of wardrobes. And, yeah. and, you know, a lot of things can, can go one way or the other. And it's really nice that we are very conscientious for, you know, for safety. Very much so. Yeah. You know, this, this cancel culture and these predator people that are out there, it's, we have to watch out for the crew. And the and the team because a lot of our models are underage. Yes, they are. Parents scrutinize us twenty four seven. Of course. And we always want to maintain a sense of you know absolutely class and, and safety. And I even go and talk to a lot of the parents yeah. when they're there mm-hmm. and reassure them and tell them barriers that we do have in yeah. place. Mm-hmm. Um, and that knowing that if they ever needed anything, right. they could come to any of us or felt anything. Yeah. So we have put into place great barriers and it's yeah. good because we do have so many underage. Yeah. And we hear things, you know, there's things that you hear like by word of mouth or, you know, rumor, the rumor mill. Yeah. And even if they true or aren't true, they have to be squashed right away. They have Absolutely. to be addressed right away. Yeah. Because... The brand is important, and our own personal brands are on the line. One so, wrong move yeah. or one bad rep, and it's a wrap. Yep. RVA Fashion Week, thanks so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It, it is what it is. Yeah. But I, I definitely, that is that is good that we have yeah. those in place. Yeah. And and we're we're actively, you know, always involved. And yep. we have zero tolerance policy. I remember we've had instances come up and things have happened. It's like, right. squash it immediately. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to talk a little bit now, since we were on Fashion Week, how do you define your personal style? (laughs) (laughs) Because I know you have one. And it and it dark kinda, and gloomy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so you know how I'm always like laughing and joking, right? I'm a I'm a very colorful person when it comes to like very much so. I'm a professional troller. 
but I have to like reel it in because I know that some people don't get my humor. So pers- that that reflects the personal style, right? Yeah. So if you look at my photography, it's, it's like a lot of black and white, right? Mm-hmm. That was by choice, yes, but also, you know, I think the artwork or the photography was basically my subconscious, my internal coming out. Okay. You know, that during that time, I don't know if I was happy. I don't know. I don't know what depression is, right? Right. Because I can't comprehend it. Maybe I was, maybe I had it, maybe I didn't, right? But, but at that time, you were expressing. Yeah. Through your yeah, artwork. That's why no one smiles in my pictures. Mm-hmm. It's always black and white. It's moody, you know, because I feel like in a way that's kind of my lifestyle. Okay. Like, I always wear black. True. It's either three colors, black, white, or red. Okay. I don't know why. It's just always been that way. Other than your sharp suit today. Yeah. You got it looks you, black and night. True, true. But you got you got <laughs> suited up. You got suited up. You did. Oh yeah. So that that boils back to it. So back when I was living in DC, you know, I had this corporate job. But after that job was over, I got into a black suit, black tie. That was the uniform. I would be out on the town parting it up. Black was always a thing. So between a certain hour, mm-hmm. it was a suit there was a suited Ryan. But then after another hour, it was the hoodie t-shirt, Ryan. Of course. So. Of course. But you had you do have your own kind of things that you cater towards style-wise. Right. Mm-hmm. You like your black. Yeah. White, so black. Um, white, red. Flowers. I, flowers. I, I really rock a lot of flowers. Really? But it's so subdued. Like, let's say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not like fluorescent. Yeah. It's just like a black pattern on a black flower pattern on a black tie, for example. Okay. It's like those little, you know, hints of subduedness, I, I guess gotcha. you could say. But I got gotcha. you. You know, I would I would involve the street style. Mm-hmm. Like I would rock hoodies with the blazer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For I sure, would rock my own jewelry. You got you know represent your own brand. You know. So in essence, your style was some of even your own work. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you're wearing yeah. what you design. My t-shirts, my all that stuff. Um, even the shoes. Like if I wear like. I would rock a lot of Nikes, but New Balances are my thing. Okay. I remember I used to wear New Balances when I used to run track and field, and people would make fun of me. And now New Balances. But New Balances, well, New Balance was a product of the environment. That's like the official Washington, D.C. shoe. I had no idea. You just like the shoe? I just like the shoe. It was like the official dad shoe. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, I still rock New Balances, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, but you still like to rock the suits every once in a yeah. while, too. I do know. Very often, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you do. You've done a lot more, especially within Fashion Week, because right. of either events that we're doing or meetings that we're having, right. those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So I've noticed you've added a lot more, you know, pattern and color and a little texture here yeah. and there. So I see that. I see yeah. you, boy. I see but I still you. always go back to the black. Oh, of course. Of course. That's classic. <laughs> That's classic. So do you find that you're using any of your... Um, artwork or your photography or your creativeness uh within your wardrobe inspiration for your wardrobe oh yeah absolutely yeah Mm -hmm. do you feel that your uh that your wardrobe or your artwork uh, are like one in the same at times yes okay and uh, so the funny thing is is that i will put these clothes on my subjects Mm -hmm. i don't call them models i call them all subjects okay Mm. all right all right all subjects. I put them all on my subjects. So they can be taken subjectively. Yeah. <laughs> however however you want to view them, you know? Like, I view every every 
photo shoot that I do is a study. Yeah. Like if you go on my Instagram, it's very, very written there, study. It could be study Stephen Atkins, the subject Stephen Atkins. Gotcha. You know. But that's that's really what an artist does. Mm-hmm. You're you're really leaving it to the yeah. audience to take it. Yeah. yeah. And it never, I mean, at that point in time when I made that decision, like not all models I shoot, not everyone I shoot is a model, you know, and even some of the models that I shoot aren't, you know, models either. So it's just like, <laughs> it's like, how do you, how do you like generalize it? Right. But. Right. That's really cool. Yeah. Do you think that your style has changed over the years? No. Oh, how far back now? Come on now. Since high school. Really? Yeah. I've been a suit and tie guy. Like, I look ridiculous in high school sometimes. Like, I always rock. Who didn't, though? I mean, honestly. I always rock the, you know. Well, also, I think it's, like, the upbringing. Okay. You know? I guess I had parents who military as well, so they always made me come to school correct. Yeah. But also, where we're from, the Philippines, they had uniforms. So you had to, like, take care of your clothes. You Look know. a certain way. Yeah, I, yeah. Get, I get that. Yeah, well, I mean, I it's kind of funny because I uh, my my dad was in the military, but he was yeah. out. But it was very you know structured wardrobe environment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I went to a military school. Yeah. So I can very much appreciate yeah. the uniform. You had to take care of it. Yeah. You had to look a certain way, yeah. and it did translate even into adult life because yeah. it's ingrained at such mm-hmm. a young age. Like I had clothes specifically for school. Then I would change, fold them up. You know, get at it. Come on, man. Yeah, and then I would. That's awesome. This was like in school. Then I go yeah, to yeah, like yeah. basketball track practice. So it'd be wardrobe changes. Yeah, in the same day, you know, because you don't want to get sweaty in your clothes, you right, know. And right, then, right. yeah, high school just always kind of been into fashion. So I would always wear like dress up yeah. whenever I got the chance to, or look as stylish as possible. Okay. okay. You know, and then. So yeah. even ever since high school up till now, you feel like your style really hasn't changed. That hasn't much. changed. That's crazy to think about, same. bro. Because think about the 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 eras, the nineties, mm-hmm. and then the two thousand. You know, all of those. Yeah. So everything's trendy. Everything changes, yeah. and you kind of kept the medium. Yeah, and and I do follow the trends mm-hmm. every now and then, but it was only for a couple hours. <laughs> two hours. Two two or three hours. Like if I was on a date. Yeah. Like when I was younger, I'd be trendy. Okay, for the date. Yeah. But then, you know, you go home, back to hoodies, basketball shorts, or you know. Right, right. And then you're, you know, the rest of the time, professional kind of suits that didn't fit me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Things like that. So, but yeah, it has not changed. Like, I would follow trends, but. Yeah. And I, I, I think really as a creative, mm-hmm. you know, when you feel like you follow trends, you're selling your soul because. Yeah. You, know, you kind of. I want to be able to do my own thing. That goes back to. The un being uninspired. Totally, totally. I'm just following the masses. I love, for me, you know, I, I love taking, I have my own personal style, but I like taking inspiration from others and then turning it into yeah. my own thing mm-hmm. where it's not so necessarily fitting within a trendy mold. But, right. You know, I can get ideas. Yeah. But I'm like, hmm, how can I tweak that a little bit? Right. And I, I think that's a true creative, right? Yeah. They, they want to make something of their own. So, yeah. I feel like a trend, you know, a trend or a fad, you'll rock it. But um, you do need to make it your own. Yeah. You can't look like a carbon copy. And I, I remember one day I was at a wedding and I looked around. And this was a point when everyone's wearing the gray suit with the black, white collar, the black tie. I mean, everyone looked like they were shopping at Express. 
<laughs> I was like, what's going on here? Like, this is crazy. But yeah. thank God I didn't look like that. I looked like I was going to a funeral. Right, right. <laughs> kind of stuck out like a sore thumb. But there's nothing wrong with the individuality. I mean, that's, you know, that's... Some weddings are like that. You could... Funeral wedding. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. I hear you. Man, <laughs> man you're crazy. You're crazy. But yeah, my, my personal style hasn't changed much. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Well, I know, uh, I mean, man, it's the time has flown by. Yeah. This has been a really, really good podcast. Yeah. I know um, I, I really wanted to kind of dive in a little bit about, you know, your creative side and yeah. talk a little bit about uh, Fashion Week and, you know, where you see us going as a whole and, and you know, just learn a little bit more about you that and some of the things I knew, but some of the things I didn't know. Yeah. And I definitely wanted my, you know, my audience to learn more about you. Uh, so one of the things I always like to do is, you know, letting our audience know where they can find you. So where are some of the ways that if one someone to find more about Ryan Asia, how would they do that? I'm horrible with social media. So I only <laughs> keep it out there. I only keep one and that's Instagram. Okay. Um, right. at R-Y-A-N-A-Z-I-A, Ryan Asia. And yeah, that's it. Yeah. The, the, I have a Twitter, I have a LinkedIn, but I don't even check it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I mean, nowadays, man, IG yeah. is is really the, yeah. the the main one. And and you know, it's just another form of communication for me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, the yeah. DMing aspect yeah. of it. Uh, are you still looking for current you know clients, photography clients? Absolutely not. Absolutely, he put it out there. He's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm capped off. I'm done. I'm with done that. for the year. You're done for the for the year. Yeah, I'm well, booked solid for the rest man. of the year. So. For, for think about that for a second, Ryan. Like for somebody that really, I catch that you really didn't want to do it that much. <laughs> I love it though. Now you do, or did you? Have you always loved it? No, I, I've I've grown to like. It. Okay, okay, yeah. But now now you enjoy. It. Yeah. Because think about the relationships you get to make. Yeah, and that's the important thing. Yeah. So I think at first when I when I did not love it is when I was when I realized I was taking pictures of things that I didn't want to take pictures of. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now I, I'm, I'm very fortunate to now being able to be sought after for my, for my style. Yeah. So people are paying me to shoot us my way, which is flattering as well as like a very humbling experience. Of course. Because not many photographers like they get told how to take. Yeah. They get sure. told what to do and yeah. stuff like that. They're like, I want you because of your style. Mm hmm. And it's it's very very unique, yeah. and that's yeah. I worked hard for that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have a choice. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was. That's cool. That's cool. That's, so that so oh, sorry, he's booked up for the year. Your twenty twenty three potential. You know, you can you can start doing these little like sign up links, and then get them to book, and then have you know all that kind of stuff yeah. set up for you. That that would be great. That would be great. I think. I've been working with some um, studios, I think, locally, and the way they're, they're trying to set it up is kind of like, you know how I went to Atlanta and shot like mm -hmm. 15 and, and yeah. like seven hours, kind of like that, where it's just like literally one session, you go in, boom, 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 you're out, get your pictures. Right. You right. know? Because that, that Very works. Very efficient. Yeah, that works out. well for me because everything is done in one day. Mm -hmm. You do 15, whatever needs to be done in one day. and. They're not just like headshots. Like, it actually, if it was like simple headshots, like okay, you know. But these are actually like we we take time to get to know a person, you know. poses, everything. Yeah, yeah. Even when we did one mm -hmm. upstairs, and yeah, we're uh, just talking. 
Yeah. And then just naturally catching the yep. moment. Yeah. And that's what I really, really like about it is that you can catch the moment. But And usually when you build a rapport with, with your subject, body mirroring starts happening. Mm-hmm. So that's when like you start talking and then all of a sudden you start posing the same way and just like, oh, wait, then you capture that, that moment. Yeah. 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 You perfected it, brother. You've done a good job. Got lucky. That's true. True. Yeah. But also the passion and being able to, you know, put forth the effort and master your craft, learn the camera, all those types of things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's really, really cool. So, yeah, like I say, Ryan Asia on Instagram, but uh, no more booking at the moment. But that's a good problem to have, bro. Yeah. Good problem to have. But I'll still communicate. Oh, of course. I I get a lot of DMs with advice and things like that. And um, usually, my management company's like, stop giving free advice. <laughs> but I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I know. You're looking to help folks, man. Yeah. You're looking to help folks. Well, one of the things I like to do um, as we're wrapping up our podcast, mm-hmm. and I'm really, really had a great time with you, is I like to do a couple of little rapid fire questions okay. off the cuff. They're not, they're not bad. They're real right. simple. Real simple. <laughs> so what is, what is one app on your phone that you cannot live without? One app? One app on your phone. That you cannot live without. Well, I'm a hustler. eBay. eBay. So why? I like to flip stuff. Okay. I like to shop on Facebook Marketplace and sell it to somebody. So he's a flipper. I'm a flipper. So the of all apps, the yeah. one you can't live without is eBay. Yeah, I like that. I, I need like it. That. That's an entrepreneur right there because <laughs> he's like always thinking business. Like, how can I make that next? Or one? who's got that dollar? Who's got the better deal? Ooh. I like finding deals. Okay. All yeah. right. All right. I'm going I'm to have to. I do have the eBay app. Now you're kind of inspiring me a little bit. I might have to go look at it. All right. And then the last question, what would be the best advice for you for you to give your 20-year-old self? So if you could go to your 20-year-old self, what would be the best advice you could give them? Oh, it would, that's easy. Because I, I would told myself this other day, stay focused. Okay. Period. Yeah. Find whatever it is you like and stay focused. If you're going to be, you know, the best leaf raker in the planet, focus on it. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I don't know. I mean, I don't know why I said leaf raker. But, I, it, mentally, I got to rake, rake weeds when I get home. But <laughs> You got a chores to do when you yeah. get home. He's all like, I'm going to be the best leaf raker right. on the planet. If I'm going to be the best sweeper, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ditch digger. It don't matter. Yeah. So so to your 20-year-old self, you'd say whatever it is your passion is that you'd want to do, stay focused on Stay it. focused, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And don't give up. Yeah, don't because give up. I love it, man. The universe likes to throw things at you. To oh, naturally. You. It's, naturally. They like to play games. But so, you know... This past fashion week, yeah, I was gonna, I wasn't gonna show. I had twenty four hours to make a collection. Oh man! But what happened was, <laughs> I made a decision. I think the universe was just messing with me the whole time. You know, there was COVID running rampant. All these things were happening, and I think I made a decision on Thursday night that said, "I'm gonna see this through." And then the universe blessed me. And you have, yeah. and, and that was an amazing collection, right? Yeah. Thank you. And you had all hands on deck too, man. You guys were hustling. Yeah. I remember. Up until the 11th hour. Yeah. But you got it done. Yeah. Got it done. That's pretty awesome. And it man. threw a lot of people off because no one, no one really knew I designed at that point. Yeah. Not on the, well, to that large of a scale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So now that's a whole nother avenue that's been opened up for you, bro. Yeah. 
I love it, man. I love it. Man, I, I really appreciate you being <laughs> on the show today. No, nah, thank you, man. I had a great time. Yeah. Like, it's, it was a lot of fun. We got into a lot of good things, a lot of good... Uh, right. Um, Reminiscing. Yeah. I was. I, some of these things I had forgotten about. Yeah. And to see how far we've come and where we're going. So... But yeah, that uh, be sure to definitely check out you know Ryan's Instagram page. Yeah. You know, uh, might even see a couple of photos of yours truly on there. I believe yeah. we've done some work together. Yeah, they're there. Yeah, they're there. All right, cool, cool, cool. Well, again, <laughs> thank you guys for joining us uh, on the Suit Up Podcast. We appreciate you being with us today. Thank you, Ryan, again yeah, for being. Appreciate with it. Us. And be sure to hit the uh, like and subscribe button. And we will be seeing you soon. Yeah. Take care, guys. Thank you. Appreciate you watching all the way till the end today. And thanks again for being a part of the Suit Up podcast. So we have a new way of support here at Suit Up with Patreon. Uh, you can subscribe in different tiers to support the show. The great news is that there's each has a different tier. And within that tier, there are different levels of access that you will have to myself. But all will support the show in a major way. So one of the tiers may be access to questions or interaction. Another tier may be an opportunity where you could submit photos or get some wardrobe advice. And even another tier, we may even be able to set up a personal Zoom call where you and I interact for 15, 20, 30 minutes. So these would be great ways that allows access to get some of those questions and some of the things that you'd like done answered. Now, naturally, if you can't support monetarily, we totally understand, but you can always subscribe for free and like and share our video with your friends and audience that you feel would enjoy watching Suit Up. So thanks again for joining.